This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It's good to be with you this morning. We are in the book of Genesis, and we've made it Genesis chapter 5. We're studying through the book of Genesis, and this is a, it's a very interesting chapter. Although it's not a story, it doesn't tell us a story, it tells us basically it's a genealogy, and it's a genealogy from, from Adam all the way to Noah. But some of the things in here give us some interesting knowledge and information. It tells us some things that is go- it's going to let us know those things. And uh, it, it pours them out in such a way that when you take them in and you realize why God is saying it the way he's saying it, you realize that it has significance and importance because he's trying to tell you something and prepare you to understand things in the future. And uh, it's important to understand that Jesus, the Bible gives us, gives us a genealogy from Adam to Noah, then Noah to David. And then in the New Testament, from David, two ways, both in Mark, Matthew and Luke, from David to Jesus. So we have a direct line of genealogy, a direct line of the family, Jesus's family, all the way back to Adam. And that's important because, because Adam came from God, and it's going to actually say that right here at the start of the chapter. And it's important that you understand that Jesus was in the line of man. And Adam, the name Adam actually is translated man. Jesus was 100% man. He was a man. He was also 100% God. But oftentimes there are groups of people who want to in some way diminish either Jesus's humanity or they want to diminish Jesus's divinity or his godhood. And the truth is that we can't diminish either one of them. He was, he was 100% man, so he was a perfect sacrifice for our sins, and he's 100%, so he is he's not only a perfect sacrifice for our sins, he is a God with us, Emmanuel. And the first verse in chapter 5 says, this is the book of the genealogy, or this is the story of the history. The word for book there means, actually it means scroll. This is the scroll of the genealogy of Adam in the day God created man. And, and you need to see that he made him in the likeness of God. Now, so we start off with the genealogy and he's say, he's telling you why he's giving you this genealogy. First of all, he's telling you that I'm giving you this genealogy of Adam. I'm telling you the line of Adam for a reason. And I'm going to give you a few tidbits of information. They're not tidbits because they are of utmost importance that you understand them as you move forward. And as you look back, he says, first of all, in the day God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. This is uh, this is Elohim, the word for Elohim for God. And it is not, it's talking about the Father and the will of the Father. And notice he said, 
in the day he made God created man, or in the day he made man, follow me on this, in the day he made man, he made him in the likeness of God, all right? So he's saying, when he made Adam in the garden, he made him in his image, in his likeness. And I explained that in, the, in some detail when we were studying through that. If you want to go back, I spent a whole morning Bible study on explaining that. But basically, man is a tripart being, just like God is a tripart being. Man has a body, a soul, and a spirit. And the Father is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And understanding that is important because our will or our soul is is the part of us that's like the Father. Our body or our, our physical presence is the same, is the part of us that's like Jesus because Jesus is the physical manifestation of God. And our spirit and the Holy Spirit are the two aspects of God and ourselves that are similar. We are a tripart being made in the image of God. And Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 starts out when he's talking about the genealogy of Adam. When he's talking about that genealogy, he immediately begins and lays the predicate, lays the foundation that he made, he made him in his likeness. Okay. Then he said he created them male and field female. If you want to go back and study that passage, that Bible study, I went through a whole day where I explained the importance of God making man male and female. He did, he created us uh, male and female for a reason, for a purpose. And in, in our modern day culture, in the modern world we live in, there's an effort on Satan's part in every way to, to try to destroy the truth of God's word. And really the lie that's being told today as if we were not created male and female, as if we have some kind of will ourselves to determine that is, well, it's just foolishness. It's foolishness on an empirical level, it's foolishness. On a psychological level, it's foolishness. On a philosophical level, it's just foolishness at its core. God made them male and female, and he blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Notice, the, he made them in his image. He made them male and female. He called them mankind, uh, man and woman, and in the day they were created. You, got, you have man and woman, for woman came out of man. So they're not from two different sources. They're not, they're not two, two different beings. They're not different in the way God made them. Not, they are separate, male and female, but they are mankind in the day they were created. And notice, and then you have in verse 3, the word, and what he's saying is, I, everything before this, and then I'm going to add to it, but it's going to be different. It's not the same. Okay. He says, and Adam lived 130 years. I made them in one day and the day I made them in the garden. And then they lived for 130 years. Adam lived for 130 years. We're not sure when he made Eve out of his side, but, but likely fairly close to his creation. And so Adam lived 130 years and then notice, and then he begot a son, and this is of critical importance. He's, he's saying, I made them in my image in the garden. I made them male and female. I called them mankind. And, and then Adam lived 130 years. 
What happened during that 130 years? Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He had two sons. Those sons both had had the sin curse that his him and his wife Eve had when they ate of that fruit. The oldest boy killed who killed the second son. Cain killed Abel, and Abel had no line after him. And Cain left the presence of God and no longer no longer had walked in the relationship he had with God. And then after all that, after the fall, after all that, we see that Adam begot a third son, and that son uh, was made, was begotten or was conceived not in the likeness of God. Notice what it says, but he conceived a son in his own likeness, not in the likeness of God. And that's important because Adam, Adam, in, in, in the moment he sinned, he died. The Bible says in the day he ate, God said, in the day you eat of the fruit of this tree, you shall surely die. And that's what happened. Adam ate of the fruit of that tree. And in that day, not in that time period, not in his lifetime, not later on down the road, the word, same word for creating, when he said he, he made this on the first day and that on the second day, the same word for day that's used there is used for Adam dying in the day he ate of the fruit of that tree. We know that Adam physically didn't die because the Bible right here is telling us that he lived for 130 years before he begat Seth, and it's going to tell us that ultimately he lives 900 years. So he didn't physically die. And we know that his soul didn't die because body without a soul is not alive either. If you're in if you're in the hospital and your mind is dead or you have you're no longer going to be able to come back in your mental state, they used to call that person you were in a vegetative state, you're in a vegetable state. Why? Because the part of you that everybody knows, the part of you that everybody loves, the part of you that everybody has a relationship with is not your body. It's your mind, it's your will, it's your heart, it's your soul. And so that aspect of you, if it ceases to exist, you don't exist either. So if your body ceases to exist, you don't exist. If your soul ceases to exist, or if your soul leaves your body and dies, then you cease to exist. Now, but that neither one of those died in the garden. What died in the garden was Adam's human spirit. His spirit died in the garden, and so... He, he was from then on, because your spirit is the part of you that has direct connection and communion with God. So the aspect of Adam that could commune with God in intimacy, in closeness, in, in, in perfection was dead. It's as if he was cut off or separated from God. And he was. And we understand that from scripture, that he was cut off from his intimate relationship with God and that God's promise in the moment that he did that, he had a curse. Adam was going to have to toil the ground. It was no longer going to be, he was not, no longer going to walk in the blessings of God. He was going to He was going to struggle and it was going to be difficult. Okay, we understand that. Uh, and then, then we understand Eve had a curse that she was going to long for her husband. And for a lot of women, I'm sure that is a curse. And that she was going to struggle in childbirth and that her heart was going to be for her husband and her children. And that oftentimes can cause a lot of pain and heartache when your children and your husband don't do right. All those curses were held out, but also God gave him a promise. He gave him a promise that he was going to destroy the power of the serpent, that the seed of woman would eventually rise up and fix the problem, 
and that ultimately he promised them that that he was going to atone for their sin by making for them clothes and that he was going to provide atonement for them. And we understand that even though Adam, the image of God that was in Adam was marked or destroyed in the garden, God said, I'm going to set it back up. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to provide a way. Now we understand in now nowadays, we understand 2000 years ago, God came in the form of a man, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, and he atoned for that sin. And then he provided us a new human spirit. We see that happening in the upper room when he goes and meets with them after the resurrection. And the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What that is now the Holy Spirit comes in and conceives in us a new human spirit. And we're born again. That's what that idea of being born again is. But in this, this chapter, we see that Adam lived 130 years and he begot a son. And notice we come from the line of Seth and it's important. Everybody who's alive on the earth today came from the line of Seth because Noah and his family got on the ark. And that was the only humans left on the earth from Adam to Seth to Noah. We come from this line and we understand that, um, that Seth was born in the image of his father, not in the image of God, but in the image of his father, Adam. And so that means that the curse or the more of sin keeps getting passed down. Now, we understand that Seth's line from last chapter, they began to call on the name of the Lord, which means that they weren't cut off from God. They just didn't have that perfect intimacy that God made man originally to have when he had a spirit to commune with the Holy Spirit. That's cut off. But man is seeking God. And the reason he's seeking God is because God's seeking man. God seeks man out. Man turns and walks with him. He has that he has that time of repentance and he has that time of conversion where he walks with God. That happens in the line of Seth. Now, Cain's line didn't do that. Uh, they went off and did their own thing and became worse and worse for it as the generations went on. And so we've got the line of Cain out there in the world and the line of Seth uh, chasing after God. And so he says, and after the image, he said, and in his own likeness, after his image, notice it's not he uses that phraseology that was used to be after the image and likeness of God. Now he says, no, Seth is born in the image and likeness of Adam. And he says, and he begat Seth in the days of Adam were 800 years. That means that after Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years. Now you need to understand that Adam lived in, in, in chronological history of man, biblically speaking, he lived, he lived almost one sixth of the time man's been on the earth. So we're not that far from Adam and yet 5,000 years is a long time in history. 5,000 years takes us from history that we can know today on an hourly and daily basis that's chronic chronicled with electronics and all kinds of things all the way back to a time where we have very little understanding or knowledge because 5,000 years and 5,000 years, many things ultimately totally revolutionize and change. It says, after he begat Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Adam were 930 years and he died. All right. Notice he died. He ultimately died physically. His soul left his body and went to be with the Lord. But he didn't die in the day of the he ate the fruit of the tree physically. He ate, he died spiritually in the day he ate of the fruit of the tree. So we know that he 
as the as we understand he suffered the second death okay he says seth lived 105 years and begot enosh and we know that enosh was his son and he built a city and he begot enosh seth lived 807 years and he had sons and daughters just like adam did adam had many more sons and daughters and so did seth he had sons and daughters over that time period and um and the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. So we understand that Seth basically lived, he lived, he was born a hunt when Adam was 130 years old, and he lived for 912 years. So he lived almost 800 years after he lived 800 years with Adam himself. Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. And then it says Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. And after he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 850 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. Notice, they've all lived for 900 years. And it says Canaan lived 70 years, and he begot Mahalalel. And uh, after, and if you don't think that's it, uh, hard for me to say that if you don't understand dyslexia. After he begot Mahalalel, Canaan lived 840 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. So we have a progression of having children after about 100 years and living about 800 years after that. It says Mahalalel lived 65 years, and he begot Jared. And after he begot Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahalalel were 800 and 95 years, and he died. And then, then it's going to go through Jared. And we're going to, I'm going to stop here because I want to, I want to focus back on what we were talking about earlier. And, and as we get through to all the way to Noah, I want to leave some time to talk about Noah and prepare the way for next week. We're not going to do Genesis next week. We'll deal with Holy Week and we'll deal with the resurrection of Jesus Christ next week from scripture. But, um, I do want you to see here that there's an issue that is brought up in chapter five that that brings us our focus onto the first four chapters of the book of Genesis. And that issue is the issue of sin and its full effect on mankind. And the issue of sin and its full effect on mankind is that man, an aspect of man and his likeness that was supposed to be in the image of God was marred or broken when he sinned. And he was spiritually, he spiritually died. He spiritually no longer had a human spirit. And uh, that issue is resolved. And Jesus so aptly explains it in John chapter four, when, when he said, uh, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And Nicodemus came to him in darkness, which means he came to him in ignorance. And, and Jesus explained to him that there were going to have to be a new birth. And that new birth is a birth of a human spirit in you. You're born physically, but you also have to be born again of spirit. And Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And I say to you, you must be born again. The chapter five reinforces that understanding. It tells us that God made man in his likeness and in his image in the garden. He made them male and female. He made them Adam and Eve, and he called them mankind. And then after they'd lived 130 years and after, after they had sinned and been marred in the garden, they begat the line that would ultimately end in Jesus. And that line was the line of Seth. 
And Seth was not born in the image of God. Seth was born in the image of his father, Adam, and in his likeness. And that is a critical understanding of Scripture so that you might understand all of Scripture. Because by understanding that, you understand that man's not naturally born good and he's not naturally born in the image of God. The, the goodness and the greatness of God that is in us is placed in us by the plan of God, which ultimately culminates in Jesus Christ. That's the story of the Bible. That's the importance of the book of Genesis. It lays the framework and the foundation for us to understand the necessity of Jesus Christ coming and being with. I hope this has been a uh, enlightening Bible study this morning. If you want to, if you want to go back and look at look at those passages when I go over them, when I went over them back back last month or the month before, go back and listen to my Bible studies about those things, and then read this Bible study and join me with this one, and it'll make a lot of sense to you. And it not only make a lot of sense to you, it prepares you to understand the beautiful and wonderful work that Jesus Christ did on the cross and through the through the tomb and out of the empty tomb and into the glory of the Lord and the power of the Lord and the light and life he provided us through that. And I hope you I hope you will be excited about that. I am as you go today I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.